Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. I decided to split this into multiple episodes. Last time, Philip and I decided to talk about Three Houses, the new Fire Emblem. We kind of got into some of the mechanics, but we spent most of the episode talking about the different characters because I feel like that's probably the highlight of the game for most people. Yep. And I have been kept here for this whole week. Yes. He's just been playing Celeste the whole time. Ah, yes. In fact, I actually have to force him out of the house. It's getting kind of ridiculous. Oh, please. I can podcast even from the comfort of my own apartment. So, we, we, we attempted to talk about the story before we really just got into the character stuff instead. But there's, there's really not much story before you meet all the characters. It's typical Fire Emblem tutorial stuff, and then there's the fact that you're a mysterious mercenary who has a super cool, awesome action dad guy, I guess, because everyone loves him, and... You're both mysteriously... Especially Leone. Yes. You're both mysteriously and suddenly employed by the church in the middle of the continent. Spoiler warning from here on out, because we're going to talk about the first half of the story and the entire Black Eagles route. So just get that out of the way now. Yeah, you, you quickly choose your house, and we both went for the Black Eagles first thing. Yep. Why did you choose the Black Eagles? Um, oh gosh, let's see. Uh, I can't remember exactly how much of it it was, but I'm pretty sure it was just for Bernadetta, <laughs> and I was convincing myself otherwise. <laughs> Like, I definitely wasn't thinking that at the time, but I think that's actually what I was thinking at the time. See, I went for the Eagles in the middle of recording the first Three Houses episode I did. Lauren and I were just talking that we both thought Edelgard was an interesting idea for a lord because she was she seemed different from the other two. And there's also the fact that going into the game I knew the most I knew more Eagles than I knew other students. Including Bernadetta, because I follow Erica Mendez on Twitter, and she talked about the character a lot once the game came out. Right. Uh, I remember also, I thought everyone would choose the Golden Deers first, because they're the most... Oh god, what's a word for endearing that doesn't have deer in it? Fantastic. Likeable. They were the most likeable. Uh, and... So I was like, okay, I'm not going to choose them, because that's what everyone else is going to pick. And then I found out that everybody else in our server chose Black Eagles. Oh, it, so. it wasn't just our server. There was a, a statement on Polygon that said yeah. that Edelgard was the most chosen house leader, which which Joe Zija took as like a call to action. Yes. Bless that man. Yeah. <laughs> so my hipster cred is absolutely revoked. Yeah. I at least get credit for trying to play two houses at the same time. Yeah, that... that mm, no one else has done that. Back when I thought I could get the game at launch, I was actually going to do all three at the same time? That would be really boring. I would look forward to seeing what the different lords have to say about everything. 
which is actually what's helping me getting through the lion and deer routes. He's like, oh, okay. Dimitri, what do you have to say about this? Kill all of them! Uh, okay. Kill every last one of them. Hey, Dimitri, what do you want me to do with all of these pickles I have? Dill every last one of them. Uh, I watched that video, too. <laughs> I love Josie. I, I love him, too. <laughs> He's a miracle upon our... Whatever. Th this cast is just the best thing to ever happen to the Fire Emblem fanbase. Yes, pretty much. Also, in, just to get this out of the way in case someone listening to this hears, it's raining, and there's an air conditioner that's sticking out of my window, so there's going to be a lot of plinking and stuff. I do not hear it, even in this call. I don't know, but a few weeks ago my dog barked in the background and it got picked up in the recording, so I just counted him as like a cameo. There we go. Uh, so where were we? The first thing we do after the mock battle is we get accustomed to school life and stuff like that, and then we do the we do the mock battle. You sure do. It's, uh, it's, there's really not a whole lot to say about it. It's just kind of a gameplay thing. It just, just kind of... Get you more used to more of the units. Yeah, letting you play the game and selling you on the idea that you're fighting the other houses. Just getting that out of the way. I guess I guess it also does that, yeah. Yeah, incorporates them. Um, it's also a case where your units can't die because it's a mock battle. Yeah. So the game doesn't have to introduce the rewind yet. No. Going back to it though, I was definitely too accustomed to the rewind. I was like, uh oh. Yes. Uh, that is consistently the hardest chapter for me on replays. Well, not quite, because I can't rewind, and so. I have to play safe, and it's suffocating. I don't think I used the rewinds that often, like, at most two times in a, in a single map, but I also played on lower difficulties. Yeah, on a hard... I mean, two times might have been my average, but there were definitely chapters where I was pushing, like, ten. So, the mock battle, it's... Like I said, it just kind of gets you used to all the different characters at your disposal. You figure out who your healer probably is. You figure out every house has their own archer and stuff. They say that the different houses favor different class archetypes. And while that's true, you still get a, at least a little bit of everything in each house, I think. Um, more or less, yeah. There's just kind of a little bias based on what your lord and their second command do. Yeah. Then we get to some of our first actual intrigue, where Rhea, the Archbishop, says, Hey, go kill these bandits. And I was like, oh, okay. Because it's the first in a long line of Rhea telling you to kill people. But, hey, it's bandits. Who really cares? Yep. You're not supposed to get suspicious yet, even though Rhea's first impression of Gerald telling you is like, Yo, yo, th she's bad news. And so... Killed the bandits. The most interesting thing about that chapter, I think, is that it's every student's first time killing someone, which we talked about in the last chapter, or in the last episode. A little bit. Some of them, they know their way around a sword. They, they've done this before. It's just an interesting way to characterize everyone that no other Fire Emblem has really done, I think. Yeah. This and like it's the first in a, a, I don't want to keep calling things first in a series of but 
it, it is uh, a very early instance of the game's tendency to make the player feel upset about the reality of war. <laughs> yeah, it, that was kind of the first moment where I was playing the game and I was like, oh, this might actually be really strong on a narrative front. Like, this isn't just hokey, whatever, fight the Empire nonsense. This is, like, actually a story. Wow. Okay, Owen Wilson. And then that belief came completely true. It actually was a very good story. Wow. I do like that not all the characters are traumatized by it, because it would just get a little much. Yeah, I wasn't like, oh, wow, this is dark. They're actually traumatized. I was like, oh, wow, it's actually showing me the different perspectives of all of these characters and fleshing them out through this experience that they're having. Yeah. Like, Writing. Like, Ignatz, when I played in the Deer version, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. But then Raphael, he was like, oh, hey, I did it. It's like... Yeah, so, like, some of them see that, oh, I have just killed another human being. And some of them are just like, oh, heck yeah, I just succeeded at something. And... Like I said, it would just, it would get a little taxing, not to mention repetitive, if they were all freaking out every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just shows everyone's character by giving them different reactions. I do like that, uh, because I recruited Sylvain too early when I played the game, he went with me to this chapter and Kaspar had to sit out, so I didn't really get to see Kaspar's first reaction. <laughs> So the, fir oh, no. the first time Kaspar killed someone was in an auxiliary battle, and he had nothing to say. So I, <laughs> I guess that was when I learned that the, the comments are all tied to that chapter. It's not just when yes. the game recognizes their first kill. Yes. So I just thought, oh, Kaspar doesn't care. And then in the lion routes, well... I used my new game plus powers to make Sylvain my adjutant. And I let Kaspar in because I thought, oh, you know, he, he should have his chance too. <laughs> and then he killed a guy. It was like, oh, yeah, are all the fights like this? I want to go to the next one. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Uh, what a good boy. Maybe he was always secretly a little evil. Oh, yeah. He is a little rascal. The, the game throws a lot of points of intrigue and stuff at you throughout these opening chapters. They, you got these weird cultists, you've got uprisings in the kingdom that Dimitri came from, you've got more vibes that Rhea's kind of a nutso. Mm -hmm. But not all of these plot threads get tied up in any one campaign, as far as I'm aware. Nope. Least of all, the Black Eagle campaign. Least of all, the Black Eagle campaign. Which gives you no lore, you just get to side with Edelgard. Yeah. Then there's chapter... Th yeah, chapter 3 and 4 and 5, they're just... They're introducing more mechanics and more characters that will be more or less important based on which route you go with. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all just suggesting, hey... The church is kind of messed up, but also there's these other bad guys who are kind of messed up. Everything is messed up. Also, you're the Pope. I, I guess the, the the next thing is the Battle of the Eagle and the Lion, which is basically the mock battle on steroids. 
I'm sure the battle looks great the fewer students you recruit. Yes. Uh, the battle of the eagle and everyone else against Claude, Hilda, Dimitri, and Dudu. That's... Since you can recruit everyone and just yeah not do the fight for the most part. Yeah, it's... You, you fight the entire student body this time, not just the top five of each. And it has a fun gimmick where the actual winner of the fight is whoever defeats the most enemies. Normally you could just let them all kill each other and then win, but instead you need to go in and kill them before they kill each other so you can get the most points. Yeah, you gotta kill every last one of them. <laughs> oh, that never gets old. And it's a fun enough map, since facing off against two opponents at once means that you can use different strategies. And it's also very open, so you can go down whichever side of the map you want. It's pretty good. But not, like, phenomenal. I don't know. What happens after that? I feel like the Battle of the Eagle and the Lion, uh, not counting some dark implications and not counting the fact that everyone has blood on their hands now, that's kind of the end of the game's innocence. Because from this moment on, this is when things start getting a little grimmer. Yeah, the chapter after that is kind of dark, ain't it? Yeah, we 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 get we start running into the evil mimes a lot more, and their buddy the Death Knight comes back, and we we team up with our dad for a couple missions. Like first, we see that one of the evil mimes has turned all the villagers into rampaging zombie people for no real reason. Yeah, that that's never explained. By the way, they they just do that for no. But I think they say right there in the chapter that he was just experimenting. Right, but if you experiment, it's to learn about something and then use it again later. Well, maybe it's like, oh, I don't think I want to do this again. It's too boring. Well, it, yeah, maybe. it doesn't. Maybe it's a failed experiment. It doesn't help that we kill that guy a couple chapters later anyway. Oh yeah, that's true. And uh, you know, we never talked about. Frickin' Monica. That, that, that piece of trash. No, she, she she kills your dad. Yeah. She sure does kill yeah. your dad, and not much else. Yeah, we, we run into her early on. She's a student. Everyone thinks she's kind of weird. I guess she is kind of weird, but I didn't really pay much mind. I, I was too busy thinking, so she joined the Black Eagles. Why can't I use her yet? Yeah. And then... And then there's a level where it's implied that students are turning into monsters, and then she kills your dad. And Byleth actually tries to save Scum out of her dad dying. Yes, that that that's very much appreciated. I, I just wish she tried it more than once, but... He gets denied, though. Yeah, you you do have ten of those. It's, it's a thing. Uh, but gosh, who has a character kill your dad and then just die two hours later. Yeah, it's almost like they just wanted the gut punch. It's like, uh, okay, yeah. that's it. I, I always thought it felt kind of cheap. Like, oh yeah, I, Just get Gerald out of the way. I, I get the impression that Gerald would make things a little too easy. Like, both yeah. both in terms of gameplay and in Violet's mental state, because I feel like a lot of the crux of the the time skip, and especially the Black Eagles route split could probably be somewhat softened if Geralt was there. 
Yeah, he's a little too competent to keep around. Yeah, I, I really do like the game really makes you, but I don't know if it worked for you, but it worked for me. I, I just felt really down after Joe died with like all the sad music and Violet is I, sad on the menu. I, I thought it was a little corny, but I think that all of the students and Sothis and everyone trying to cheer you up is really freaking cute. I mean, just, just imagine if it was your dad. I can't. He's not well-written enough. I mean, Geralt. My dad is plenty well-written. He's great. I, I went into the game knowing Geralt would die, so I, I kind of tr tried to make the most of whenever Byleth could talk to him. I would always waste one activity point on learning from him, even though I didn't need to. I mean, I always figured he would die. It's just that I figured he would die, and then he died, and it's like, okay. Yeah, I, even if I wasn't spoiled, I, I, I would have expected him to die anyway. Also, you had female Byleth, and I had male Byleth. Female Byleth's giant moe eyes are much better for making expressions, so you can tell she's sad. Yeah. Male Byleth is just constantly stoic. That, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I went for her. But Okay, you said moe eyes, and I know you, you mean the Japanese term, but I was just starting to think of Easter Island. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll go with that. It's like, Byleth, I, 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 know you're, I know you're upset about Gerald, but why are you wearing that? <laughs> it was the last thing he left me! Okay. Um... Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, everything is really sad for the entire downtime between Geralt dying and you going to the next map. And, uh, you, uh, get into a map where you actually get to kill the killer. And I just loved, I just loved using gauntlets. I, I just really like punching Geralt's killer. <laughs> yes. Excellent. I, I wish, I wish that Byleth could have, like, an unarmed specialty like, uh, Kaspar did. But, uh, wasn't in you, the. You can give it to him. I, I didn't have it at the uh, time, but it would have looked so much more cathartic to just see your bare knuckle going at her. Yes. Good luck hitting, but yes. Well, you know, you know, it's a character arc. She's too focused on her grief to have accuracy. <laughs> and then Byleth turns into a Super Saiyan, and then Sothis dies, which I imagine also adds to kind of taking more people out of Byleth's corner in time for the plot shift. Yeah. Pretty much just taking away everyone that would make the plot too easy. Byleth is just on his or her own. Yeah, and then, and now that you're a Super Saiyan, Rhea is, like, really into you. And mm -hmm. just just so we don't deprive the world of this, I'm saying if if Chapter 11 went a lot more smoothly than it did, we'd be, like, one chapter away from Rhea trying to sniff Byleth's hair in her sleep. Yep. Like, like, like I, I, I'm getting those vibes. I want to get some, some security. I know what it means. I, I have an idea of what it means, at least. It's probably weirder. Um, and then Edelgard betrays you. Ah, that sneaky son of a gun. Yeah, Edelgard is suddenly the villain of Chapter 11, and this is kind of a weird point compared to the other two routes. Because... Um. 
Up until this point, one of the villains who seemed a little less reprehensible than the others was this weird Flame Emperor. And in Dimitri and Claude's route, you run into the Flame Emperor again, and oops, it's Edelgard. But doing Edelgard's route, she's like, by the way, I was the Flame Emperor, and... So, the Blue Lion's route does actually build up to it fairly well. The story does point in that direction. And Golden Deers is just like, what the heck are you doing here? Who invited you? I've talked to you twice. But I thought, since it was so out of nowhere, and since Edelgard was so cavalier about it, I thought she was bluffing about being the Flame Emperor at first. Uh, you are the only person who thinks that, my friend. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, she's my student, okay? I have to believe in the best of my students. And, oh no, Hubert just killed someone, dang it. I believed in the best of my student by thinking, okay, she must have had a really good reason for doing all of that. Not, she literally didn't do all that. Uh, the way the reveal was done, it just, it, it felt fake, like, that's it? That's how it, you... Yeah, it, it, it's kind of sudden, like, she just kind of walks in with the whole getup, not wearing the mask, so it obviously doesn't fit her. Because it's this big, scary armor with feathers on the shoulders on this little five-foot-two girl. So, we have to beat up Edelgard, and then, based on whether or not you went to see her dad with her, you can either attempt to kill her, or you can side with her because you've had enough of Rhea's shenanigans. And if you did the requisite unlock, I think most people side with Edelgard. I believe so. Because, like... Rhea's crazy. Yeah, like, my opinion of Rhea kind of softened, even though I never really fully trusted her or felt comfortable around her. So it wasn't really a choice. Yeah, it's like, I'm not gonna betray my student. Get out of here, Pope yeah, lady. Like, Rhea, I don't really hate you, but you're kind of creeping me out, and uh, Edelgard's still my student. And then... Then I found out she actually was the Flame Emperor, and now she's working with all those evil mimes who killed my dad, and I was like, well, dang it. I don't yeah. really like either of these sides. Yeah. She doesn't like the evil mimes that killed your dad. No. She's just working with them anyways, because they're useful. The, the fact that Edelgard's route is actually kind of the secret route, because you have to go out of your way to make it available. Mm-hmm. You actually told me to go talk to her and go see her dad. Like, I wasn't... I might not have done that otherwise. Yeah, I think it's dumb that it's hidden at all, because, like, you're kind of meant to make a save right before the choice, because it prompts you to save. This is when the Black Eagles route truly begins, is you and every student... And faculty that you've recruited, except for... Except for Flane. Yeah. Except Flane. She doesn't like you anymore. No. Well, you can't, you can't please everybody. Most of the church units I left behind, I didn't really care for. Except for Sedith and Flane. I kind of missed them, but... You know what? I kept Alois. I kept Manuela and Hanneman. I kept Shamir. I'm good. I kept Sylvain. I did not know you could keep Alois. I was heartbroken. 
Oh yeah. I failed. I, I just talked to him between chapters ten and eleven. Yeah, he's pretty much free. I just never noticed that I could recruit him. I had a feeling. It's like, well, I, okay, no, I didn't have a feeling, but I just talked to him because you know we were still kind of feeling the Geralt void, and then the recruit option showed up, and I was like, ooh. So I had to kill Eloise. Yeah. But then you become the Black Eagle Strike Force. Which is the dumbest, edgiest name, and I love it to death. Edelgard canonically stayed up at night thinking of it. <laughs> yes. She she tells yes, you she as did. much. Oh god, does she? She's, she says, like, 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 truthfully, I've been spending some time thinking of it, or something like that, I don't know. Oh my god, I love her. I do like when you side with Edelgard. Hubert actually takes the time to thank you. It's, it's like one of the rare times that he seems at least vaguely something resembling vulnerable. I love him. I love all of my precious bird children. And I like that as soon as you turn on Rhea, she's like, I'm gonna take your heart back by ripping it out of you. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty metal. Yes. Like, uh, can can Rhea... I see it? Is this gonna be like Metal Gear Rising? The entire first ten chapters are very stressful for Rhea, and your betrayal is something of a sticking point for her. Yeah. And so she she gets a little upset. You, you ruffled her feathers a little bit. You trolled her. Yes. And so Rhea is in crazy mode for the rest of the game. She turns into a giant dragon thing. It happens. Uh-huh. She really let herself go. And then you invade Garrick Mach. Yeah, and uh, the then you dis- disappear somehow, I think. I don't really... Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I completely forgot how that works. I don't know if it even well, does. I, I noticed, because I, I watched I watched at least the beginning of the church route on YouTube, I noticed that there are some cutscenes that you don't get in the eagle route. Yes. Yeah, and I think is. they better portray what happened. But we didn't really get that in the Eagle route, so just something happened to Byleth, and then suddenly, oops, five years have passed. Well, the church cutscene doesn't make sense in the Black Eagle's route, and so the Black Eagle's route gets nothing, which is a running trend for the Black Eagle's route. It doesn't have much in the way of CGs and cutscenes. Yeah, it's almost like they came up with that route at the last minute or something. Which they definitely didn't, because it was the most marketed. It's I'm weird. wondering if maybe, maybe not, like, they intended for you, like, they wanted you to think it was the eagle route, but, oh, it was actually the church route. and It's like, your your own lord betrayed you, how do you like that, gamers? I feel like that might have been what they wanted, but then they actually gave Edelgard a route anyway. Maybe, but... Kind of having more context on the full game and how much the church church route sucks, and eh. and then five years. Yeah, passed. it's been five years, and and your kiddos grow up. Yeah, some guy tells you to go that uh, no one's really gone to Garrickmock Monastery in that five years, but you're you're in there anyway, and uh. But you and your students all promised you would meet on that day, and they all obeyed it. Yeah, it's, it's very. Very Persona 3 of them. Everyone is here who is recruited by you. 
and they all look different because they're all older, except except the adults, because they're already adults. You don't really look that different when you're... I don't know, I, I liked the reunion. I don't remember it that well, because I've seen three other reunions. Well, I heard this one lacks uh, a, lacks a cutscene of some kind, but... Uh, yes. I, I... All, ev every other route has a cutscene at the start of the time skip. This one does not. I, I just like, you know, just seeing all my kids as adults for the first time, even though, well, I think Hubert yeah. was already an adult, but still... Yeah, he was 20. Like, all my eagle children, and Sylvain, and Leone. I, 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 we didn't really talk about this, but I actually did recruit Leone, but I didn't get to any support with her until after the time skip, so oops. She joined the party just in time to go with Geralt on the mission where he died. <laughs> she was actually there for that. Uh, lovely. And... Then you're the Empire. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna... We kept the monastery in the divorce. Yes, you kept the monastery in the divorce. And then the plot of Black Eagles is actually extremely basic. You invade the Alliance, and then you invade the kingdom, and you beat the kingdom, and then you're done. Yeah, from here the game is just about toppling the other lords. Going around Garagmak Monastery... With the weird yellow skies and just the the somber <laughs> music and how, well, really only the cathedral, but it's just in it's not been as it's not it's seen better days. It is way less populated. Yeah, you've just forsaken two thirds of your NPCs. Yeah, it's just we talked about this a little bit, but it kind of reminds me of the world of ruin in Final Fantasy VI a little bit. How you could go back to familiar locales and they're all a bit sort more of. somber and empty and destroyed. Not, not nearly. Oh, oh, taking me too late. Not nearly to that extent, but yes, same well, idea. Well, yeah, it's not obviously not going to be the same thing, but it reminds me of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the plot is basically just. Okay, let's now we have to kill all the named characters that haven't joined you. The biggest sticking point of the plot is probably Edelgard's actual motivation. Okay, yeah, we should get into that now. Because in basically every other Fire Emblem game, a couple exceptions here and there, your motivation is just to stop the bad guys from waging war. <clears throat> but for once, you're the bad guy waging war. Arguably bad guy. Throughout a lot of the game, you get these indications that the society of the continent you're on is just kind of messed up. <laughs> like, they have the caste system and feudalism and all that, and a lot of the supports that your characters have kind of show them suffering because of that caste system. Yeah. Like, Dorothea was a commoner who, let's see, she was orphaned and then she was lost and alone in the streets, getting kicked by nobles, until she eventually was found and brought into the opera and got all successful. Then there's So she has that trauma because of the caste system. And there's Sylvain talking about how people only ever want him for his crest, so the fact that he's a massive flirt is just him playing the system the same way it's trying to yeah. play him. Sylvain 
yeah, people just pretty much want him for his nobility, so he just kind of loathes women for being that shallow to him and treats them all poorly. What a guy. So what Edelgard wants is to actually rework the entire system, make it more of a meritocracy, where whether or not you have a crest isn't important, which is a noble goal, and while uh, I think some of the crest stuff... She was right. We'll get there. <laughs> while some of the crest suffering went over my head, I could still tell it was there. Bloodily conquering the other two uh, domains... It's not exactly my idea of reworking the system. I It gets the job done, I guess, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely morally gray that she didn't just stay and make the Empire what she wanted. She actually went and tried to rework the entire continent and unite it. Yeah, that's something I didn't that's... see really touch on at all. Like, while we were destroying the Alliance and the Kingdom was... Were things in the Empire at least somewhat resembling what Edelgard wanted? I don't remember that ever being. Um, other routes kind of elaborate on it. Okay. Uh, she kind of loses control of things and corrupt nobles start getting work done because she's not paying attention to them. That, yeah, that sounds like Edelgard. <laughs> yeah. Flawed character. Interesting character. I feel like she works better as... Uh, an antagonist who has valid criticisms, but not as the protagonist we're supposed to be backing up and supporting. I find that she works best as exactly what she is, which is someone who can either be the protagonist or the antagonist, depending on what you choose. But she's the antagonist most of the time. Well, it's just... She really had no other options than to go with the evil minds... They do kind of manipulate her. She is kind of a bonehead in every regard to them. But I know one sticking point is that the church is led by dragons who are basically immortal, and she doesn't want immortals running the country because then culture will stagnate. Yeah, that's fair. And the evil mimes really don't like dragons. It's like teaming up with terrorists because you just really don't like... The guy leading your country is like, yeah, like that's a little extreme, Edelgard. Like, we we couldn't work our way down the ladder here. We could. I, I mean, it, it, that was a little extreme, Edelgard. Is basically Crimson Flower, which is the Black Eagle's route in a nutshell. Like th this entire time, I just felt like, well, I guess I'm just along for this ride now. I I kind of, I kind of wanted to do what, you know, I kind of want to do what Gerald would guess. I I guess he didn't like Reyes, so I'll, I'll go with that, but. Oh no, I'm... I'm Alois. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of what the game is going for overall is that Edelgard is wrong, because she didn't stop and try to talk out her concerns. She just immediately assumed the worst and jumped straight to conflict. And that's shown as a character flaw that she has. When in reality, when you take in the scope of everything, Dimitri and Claude pretty much agree with her on most things. Yeah, they just don't like the way she did it. Like, like Claude in particular has basically the exact same goals as her. Not quite. He has a few extra ones. But they would have gotten along really well if they had just talked. 
Yeah. Dimitri, not so much. He he doesn't. He kind of likes the cast system, I guess. Yeah, that that's basically where I stand with Edelgard. Is just like okay, but that's not really how we should be going about it. I, uh, I'm not gonna single anyone out, but Edelgard reminds me of a lot of people I've met in the past several years. <laughs> yes, uh, she like that kind of militant opposition against what you believe to be wrong is. Definitely real. Edelgard is gonna People cancel like crests. That. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what she is. Oh gosh. Hubert will get everyone to follow her Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so, and so reluctantly, I do admit, Edelgard was probably not in the right, I guess. But also there's the argument that no matter what, society gets improved at the end of the game and she was kind of the one who pushed it in that direction well at what cost some might argue i mean like yeah we got yeah pretty much we got rid of the crest but now the alliance is no more and we've killed most of the important people in the kingdom well even on other routes which i guess i'm not supposed to talk about like they have good endings obviously but they only really would have ever gotten to those good endings because Edelgard started the war for them to win in the first place. Like, well, yeah, I mean, the plot had to happen. But if she hadn't made the plot happen, then the nation would have stagnated and Rhea would have just kept executing everyone that she didn't like. Uh, which is a fair criticism. Fair criticism being the key word. It's not a fair course of action, but it's a fair criticism. Right. Edelgard does make the point that she does know that she's killing a lot of people, but that she weighed the lives of the people she's saving against the lives that would be lost in the war, and she chose the former. Yeah, and the thing is, most of the characters... like She's saving a bunch of people I don't actually know in the game, and as a result... Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, like, who are these villagers? I've never... I don't know what they're about. I don't know what they want. She's going for a better society where people who are like those units you love will be happy. Like, like I need to actually meet the people I'm allegedly saving. Instead, I'm just meeting all the people I'm killing. Okay. So, yes, those are the flaws of a political narrative. <laughs> so, to the player's perspective, yes, you are mostly killing people that you're attached for, to. For the sake of people That's... I'm never actually going to encounter in the story, I'm adding. Yes. Like, okay, I just killed Claude for these villagers that I don't know. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. It's for the good of society. Like, I just, as early as chapter 13, I, was, I just realized, yeah, I'm just here for the ride at this point. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I killed Claude, and then I realized I didn't have to kill Claude, and I was like... You didn't have to. I didn't know that you... Like, I knew you could, because it gives you a choice. We'll but see. if you kill him with Byleth or Edelgard, yeah. you get the choice. I killed him with I killed him with Bernie. Well, this is what you get for making that angel. Well, uh, you know what? Claude defeated her in the tournament. I was going to win that archery tournament, but then... He just got, like, lucky critical and shot down Bernie. She needed revenge. She didn't even remember okay. which one Claude was. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. She doesn't know who he is. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
by the end of the route, literally, literally every blue lion except for Sylvain was dead. Yep. Uh, for me, every single blue lion was dead. How did you not get Sylvain? Because I was a boy! You do that? Yes! I don't know, I just... I just didn't... Okay. <laughs> I've already said as much in this very podcast. I wasn't listening. What do you think this is? We're talking about... <laughs> I called everyone degenerates! So? I'm not a degenerate. Uh-huh. Don't answer that. <laughs> Anyways, so... Killed all the blue lions. Uh, Sylvain's... Uh, Sylvain's pervertedness for female violets saved his life. Yes. Uh, Rhea is crazy. Yeah, yeah she's... she's, she's... Like she, she, she goes really full-on crazy. She burns the city that she's inside of to kill you. Even though you just got here, so it's like... like yeah. You're gonna be in this... Even though you could've... You could've just left and came back the next day and the, the city would've burned. I don't really see her plan there. But... Yeah, she's, uh... It'll be interesting having to work alongside her in the other routes. It is interesting. She is a nice, multifaceted character. And also crazy. Like, I'm just kind of looking over to Sedith and it's like, you know, if we could just kind of put her in a home, we could run this place. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far off, honestly. <laughs> so, uh... The the Black Eagles route ends with supreme victory for the Empire at the cost of most of the named cast who aren't in your party. Mm-hmm. I I I at, le- uh, I at least managed to spare Ignatz, even though I shouldn't have. Marianne lives. Uh, Lawrence lives. Didn't see Raphael anywhere. He's probably eating somewhere. Rafa- Raphael lives. I I recruited Lysithia. She lives. She seemed fine to me. Yeah. Only Claude and Hilda died in the deer, and it could have been just Hilda. <laughs> yeah, Hilda's probably the only one that you really have to kill in that route. I think the others you can get around. You could theoretically get around Hilda, it would just be really hard. I I should have killed Ignatz, but I was I still had a little bit of hope that I wouldn't have to kill too many students. <laughs> And then the blue lions attacked. Yes, everything changed when the blue lions attacked. I killed every last one of them, except Sylvain. Except Sylvain, because he was... Because he's actually a black eagle. Yes. Is there anything left to say about the black eagle route? Honestly, probably not. I feel like I had something else on Edelgard. Oh, well, I'll, I'll say that I spent the last free time before the point of no return in the near the end. Just right before canceling the free time exploration, I just decided to go talk to Gerald's grave one last time. It just seemed like a nice thing to do. And then right after that, the game cuts the next day and they give you a cutscene right by his grave. And I thought, oh, the game, the game knew <laughs> that I would want to go here. And that's when you decide who Byleth can marry, which is handled a little differently than the more recent games. You actually marry people after the war instead of getting married in the middle of the war, 
What a concept. Who did who did you have Byleth marry? I picked Petra. Okay. We we've barely talked uh, about her, but she's the one you've chosen. Yes. Okay. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, so I wasn't gonna marry Bernie because she is just like okay. child. I, I kind of imagined you were going for Edelgard. Off limits. Well, so that is definitely what I would have done now, but she mostly just grew on me after I finished that route, as I continued to play the game three more times, I realized, huh, I kind of like this character. Whoops. Missed that boat. Let's see. I technically, I didn't marry Alois, but I, I went with his S support, and their ending together was literally everything I wanted it to be. Yes. Just, just a wholesome, basically kind of adopted into his family at that point. Yes, and he cries at your real wedding. Yeah, and you know what? He he was we both liked Gerald a lot, I think. I think it's just a nice gathering. The only reason I didn't S support Alois on my run of the church route was because I thought he might have a paired ending with Bernie. But he didn't. No, he's so I was upset. He's, he's just he's just Uncle Alois, you know. We're gonna we're gonna, Byleth just becomes part of Alois's family, and, like, maybe Bernie comes to visit sometimes. Like, Leonie's, like, shows up every once in a while, is like, hey, Gerald! And then Ferdinand <laughs> will show up, and he'll say, I'm Ferdinand von Eyer. Until he gets his medical dude. And then yeah, Dr. Ferdinand will it. show up, and he'll do the same thing. And then Wario will show up, and he'll go, like, have a rotten day! Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just me writing my Three Houses fanfic. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I had fun with the route, even though I don't think... I don't think it's the route that's going to click with me the most. Probably not. You will be more fond of... Mm. It's really a toss-up between deers and lions. Won't be church, though. Church sucks. I'm interested if you think I like. I'm interested in why you think I like the lion rap the most because we seem to be in agreement that their characters are the most boring. Oh yeah, Dimitri though. You might really like Dimitri. I'm not sure. Oh, we'll see. If nothing else, I have at least recruited Bernadetta in both the other routes, okay, okay. so I don't have to worry about killing her. Yeah, you don't have to worry about her dying. Uh. You can technically avoid killing her. It's really hard to keep her from dying. <laughs> without recruiting. I need to recruit more of the eagles, though. They just won't join me, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. You can just kill I got, them. I caught Caspar, at least, on the lion save file. <sighs> Good old Kids, come over here. Quickly, you're gonna die. And so, you're just totally happy that you get to kill nameless NPCs in their place. I mean, yeah. Nameless NPCs are people, NPCs too. NPCs have no rights. Oh, <laughs> you're using my own logic against me in a completely different context that is not fair. I think we've run out of things to say about this game now. Yeah, we're out of jokes. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Follow the... Join me next week when we talk about Celeste. <laughs> I mean... If you want, I don't... <laughs> don't.
Okay. I'll do it. It'd be one of those games where the guest clearly knows more than I do. Yeah, play it. Uh, the... It's not that hard to beat the base game. Maybe. You can take this out and post, it's fine. See, the thing is, I don't have a lot of mental, like, ailments, so I don't know if it'll click with me as much as it will for a lot of other people who played it. Yeah, I didn't get too into the story like some people seem to have. Like, it's 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 okay. It's neat how it has the gameplay give you anxiety so that you can, like, understand the protagonist's feelings. Maybe, w but, maybe uh, what they should do is make a doctor version of the protagonist. Oh. <laughs> Look, just every game, just have a doctor version. Or, you know, no, no, let's just have Dr. Ferdinand in every game. <laughs> can you make a doctor version of all your OCs? I thought about it once. What? <laughs> Bye, everyone. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.